This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. I know that our next guest, Marty Snyder, is excited for what the Bone Man is up to today. All show, I'm, I'm, I'm picking my favorite driver out of a hat, and I'm eliminating options as we go along. It's a lot. It's tense. Flounder's excited. I just lost Truex, Bell, and Denny Hamlin during the last You just break. lost all of all of the Gibbs drivers. Joe Gibbs race just rolled out so on you in one break. There's some names back. I could be rooting for a driver that uh, might not be in every race this I year. Can't, no, I can't wait to see who your driver for 2024 ends and up Matt's being. choice is still in this thing oh, right now. Oh, I want to choose it. I want to choose it. All right, let's bring in uh, our next guest, Daytona. Daytona going to be a big part of this weekend. Love the duels last night. Can't wait for the 500. And uh, our next guest from NBC, Marty Snyder, joins us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Marty. Marty, happy new year, man. Hello. What's going on? How you been? Happy new year. How are you guys? Uh, you know, Bones, work with me here on, on Mac. The yeah. men of scoot thing should have been gone a long time ago. I mean, I, I'm my whole thing when it comes to a draft, Hornets or Panthers, I kind of go the opposite of whatever Mac says. Because <laughs> I remember our decades of friendship. I remember Mac saying, we got to draft C.J. Henderson when the draft was coming around for the Panthers that year. He's going to be a great tackler. He's terrible. And we still got him on our team now. So go the opposite way of what Max does for draft. It's a good way to do it. Marty just working in the shadows to rip Mac. I know. Marty, I'm I'm so excited to talk to Marty. It's been a while, and Marty just comes in and drops a hammer on me. Basically, bumped you into the wall. The love is mutual, and he didn't lie. He did not tell a lie. I've had some uh, draft analysis issues, all right, over the years, (laughs) and I am happy to be wrong on the whole scoop or anything. Very happy to be wrong. All right, Marty, the duels last night I, I i mean as always at daytona you know that last lap's gonna deliver but i i thought last night was good racing both of them had great finishes i i kind of i don't i want to know what you think but i kind of watched last night and thought man we're gonna have a heck of a 500 did you too or, or what how are you feeling yeah so here's what i think i think the 500 is going to be very unpredictable so you got what you have to realize is you have two new manufacturers that have brand new cars Toyota and Ford have, have brand new cars. And every driver I've talked to down here in Daytona has been saying, it's just going to take us a while to understand how these cars work, how they work in the draft, how they, you know, draft with other cars, how I can push someone. And they learned a lot of that last night and some of that in not a good way. As you saw in that second duel, the big wreck with Ryan Blaney just taking a massive hit um, and several cars destroyed, several teams going to back up cars. So, you know, that'll take a lot of car, a lot of cars out of practice today. So I, I think, yes, the, the race is going to be very unpredictable. How do you make these moves? How do you time these moves? All of that's going to be key for Sunday. And I think there's going to be several times where people just misjudge it like they did last night. And you look at the names that were involved in that crash last night. I mean, it was Blaney. It was Kyle Busch. It was William Byron. It wasn't people who don't know what they're doing. It wasn't drivers who don't understand things. It's just people feeling out the cars. And, and that was literally a situation. It was kind of no one's fault. It just happened at a bad time and a bad spot. And they just caught Ryan Blaney out, uh, who was honestly an, an innocent victim and took the hardest hit. 
Marty Snyder, now a fan favorite on the text line as people send in Mac bad takes over the years. But, yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not, you don't know, remind we, him, don't, Marty. we don't condone that. 704-570-9610. And Marty, what's the, what's the weather situation looking like for Sunday? Is this thing going to get in or is it going to be a one that may get moved here on the way? That is what everybody's talking about, Bone, and, and it's not looking good, to be honest with you. Uh, tomorrow it's supposed to rain all day here in Daytona. We're such a sunny skies today, and it's kind of cloudy this morning, honestly. Um, but it's supposed to rain Saturday. It's supposed to rain Sunday. So I don't know what's going to happen. NASCAR can't catch a break. You remember the L.A. Coliseum two weeks ago? They had to move the race up a day. I don't really have that advantage or that that in their playbook this week. You just can't move it up, and then it's good. It's going to rain tomorrow more than that might on Sunday. So, so I don't know. I, I keep um, I keep hoping it'll look better, but it actually keeps looking worse for Sunday. So it could indeed be a, a Monday Daytona 500, and uh, you know the next race is close. It's Atlanta, so that's good. There's no West Coast swing this year. That helps out a little bit, but. Certainly not going to help the ratings for our friends at Fox if that's the case. Yeah, that stinks, man. Especially for the 500. I mean, Monday races are kind of a bummer, you know, because you're sitting around Sunday yeah. ready for. But the 500, when it does have to be moved, just doesn't feel right. And Mac is out Monday. It's Flounder and I doing the show. There's no. Football. Oh, that's right. I'm off. Although I could, yeah, I've got an off day. I could watch the 500. There's no, nice and there's no football. <laughs> there's no Hornets games to recap. What we have to work with is Daytona. Please, God, get this race in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Marty. All right. So let's uh, let's talk about this season in general before we kind of get back to you know your thoughts on the 500 specifically you mentioned the the new cars that the toyotas and the fords have and toyota was an interesting story because they didn't look like they had speed and then last night in race trim it looked looked like hey they're going to be able to compete uh for the season line storylines what are a few of the storylines that you think fans out there listening whether they're diehard or casual what are going to be some of the biggest storylines that are going to be followed throughout the season in your opinion I think one of the big things is, you know, the the rebound, what is, is expected to be a rebound for Chase Elliott. You know, obviously had a rough year last year, had the broken leg, had the penalty as well, didn't make playoffs. All those things were, you know, things you, you know, you wouldn't expect. Even with missing a, a few races, you still kind of expected, well, when's Chase Elliott going to win and put himself in the playoffs? And that, that never happened. And so I think the recovery for Chase Elliott, how does he look? I mean, to me also – you know, Kyle Larson left so much on the table last year. They had eight DNFs. I mean, that's a team that should have won 10 races. And then you throw into the middle of this, you know, what, what should be a better season for Kyle Larson. They can just kind of clean some things up. He's got the Indy 500 in the middle of that. He's going to run the Indy 500 this year in the month of May. And that is not, you know, let's go run a sprint car race on Saturday night thing. That is a full-on commitment that's going to be hard on him. I mean, that's a lot of practice. A lot of time at the track. It's, there's an open test in April that people don't think about that he's got to go do. I mean, there's a lot that he'll have to do to run the Indianapolis 500. But I think he's going to be a lot better in that race than, than people think. I think he's going to surprise some people. And then I think the, the playbook that Team Penske has shown everyone the last three years. You know, everybody comes into the NASCAR season thinking, you got to win, you got to win, you got to win. Well, Team Penske has shown everyone, you got to win at the right time. Joey Logano in 2022, I mean, he, they, they weren't great at all during the year. And then they show up, they kind of find some momentum in the, in the fall, which is the really important time, and then they go win the championship. Ryan Blaney, same thing. They weren't that great during the year. They find the momentum. They go to Phoenix, they win the championship. So I think getting hot at the right time, kind of the teams have, 
you know, you, yes, you need to win during the season, but you need to win at the right time. And that's what teams have really started to focus on is that playoff run. How do you get better for that? And how do you specifically get better at Phoenix? Marty, do you have a driver or two you think is poised for a breakout year that's kind of under the radar a little bit right now? I think Ty Gibbs, in my opinion. I think he is going to win some races. I think he's going to surprise some people. Uh, he, he's a driver who was just on the cusp of you know, being there. He ran well at so many tracks. And his late father, Coy, a, a very dear friend of mine, used to say it takes 100 races. It takes 100 races in the Cup mm-hmm. Series to really see what you have. And I think Ty's, you know, going to be not, not there quite this year, but close to that. But I think, you know, I think Ty Gibbs is really going to impress some people this year. And I think there's a couple of drivers, Bone, that are really on the hot seat that have to show something this year. Daniel Suarez has to show something. He has to show that he belongs in the Cup Series. I think you're looking at Harrison Burton, who drives for the Wood Brothers, which is a Team Penske affiliate. And I think also Austin Sendrick at Team Penske. They have to show, hey, we can run up front. We can contend for wins. I think the pressure's on those three drivers this year to prove, hey, I deserve to be in the Cup Series. All right, Marty, let's talk about the six uh, the 600. What the heck? How many months have I moved ahead? Well, wow, that, uh, that rain really, really caused a lot of problems here. We're all the way into May now. It's been raining down there in Daytona. All right, um, let's focus on the 500. Based on what's going on this week, based on what you saw last night, I mean, do you have, you know, a particular, you know, group of cars, you know, a team, or maybe it's a couple of drivers? Like, who do you think, hey, they're definitely going to be a factor on Sunday? Well, I, I too, like you, was really shocked at how well the Toyotas ran. I, I thought with the lack of speed they had in qualifying, I'm like, oh, this is going to be a, a big race for them. And they immediately proved, hey, we, we can race fine. Um, and, and you don't know, like, what, what the manufacturers built into the car. Like, they... they they could show up at, at later in the year and or in a couple of weeks at Las Vegas and be great. And that's where that's really where the bread's buttered, right? At the mile and a half tracks and places like that. So I mean, the Toyotas are going to be really good. So that means to me, Denny Hamlin. I think he's you know top three or four, you know, restrictor plate drivers. And and if you give him something that he can work with, then I think he's going to be fantastic. So I think Denny Hamlin's going to be tough. I think Brad Keselowski, I think, you know, Bone asked about who's a breakout driver this year. I think it's weird to say a champion is going to be a breakout driver, but I think Brad Keselowski is going to have a huge year this year. You know, his teammate, uh, the car he owns, Chris Buescher, won three races last year. I could see Keselowski easily winning three races this year. And to me, that could start Sunday in the Daytona 500 or Monday in the Daytona 500. I think Brad's going to be very good. He's so savvy now. At these uh, at these plate races, now he may not run up front all day long. Brad, late in his career, has really taken an affinity to kind of riding in the back, saving his car, but then really being a factor at the end of these races. And I, I think he may wind up doing that, but I think he's going to be a factor on Sunday as well. I'd love to see him have a big year. I, lo- I, lo- I love me some Brad Keselowski. All right, Marty, we love some Marty Snyder here as well, even with your cheap <laughs> shot. Even with the cheap shot. And Marty came on the radio in. Marty, appreciate uh, you guys, man. We're certainly looking forward to the season, to y'all's uh, half of the season uh, as well. Um, uh, thanks as always, man. Good to catch up with you. Yeah, good hearing from you guys as well. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to 
instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. This afternoon on the Wesson Walker Show. Wesson Walker Sports Radio, you're listening to 92.7 WFNZ. Saw Fiddy dancing to it. Maybe we add this to the playlist. This yeah. one is a little bit different than the other ones that he likes. I don't know if he wants this one to the playlist. Maybe he just dances to this anytime he plays it, and that's good enough for him. It, it kind of sounds like a R&B, like Halloween song. <laughs> With whatever's going on in the background, and his name, Gods Don't Bleed. Like, I you know, I am a renowned man of faith. I don't sure. know if I need uh, to listen to the lyrics of this song, but Wes, <laughs> it is the first Sunday without football. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's literally no excuses. Playlist Monday. Oh, he's putting it on you. Right. You hear this mess? I mean, I'm working on it, but it's hard to remember all the songs that you like. That's why we kind of been going as we've gone. I got about six songs in there, but it's hard to remember everything you like. Uh, Walker doesn't remember anything off the top of his head, and you don't either. So we just kind of got to play this thing out slow. It's going to be the slowest built right. playlist of ever, but it will be well crafted. <laughs> I like the idea of just giving it to him January 1st. Of yeah. 2025. Right. And just collecting all, just we keep on waiting. <laughs> and then Wes goes home every day and then adds two or three songs to the playlist and you have a lot. I mean, it's just going to be a ton of music that he gives you, but at least it's going to be thorough and it's going to be all of the music that you like throughout the season. That's right. I and mean, you can do your dances and gyrations and popping and all that stuff you like to do back there in the back. Gyrating is a good way to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it is. There's <laughs> a lot of gyrating over there behind the ones. I don't know how uncomfortable that might make Colin, Smoke, Feel, who also have to man that same exact mic and stay in that same exact area. I don't know how much they gyrate back there, but I know Fiddy slash JD has it all taken care of. <laughs> Speaking of music, I did want to go to not only just the playlist convo, but I saw this on Twitter and I thought this would be good for the text line as well. How involved were y'all in the ringtone game? Did you guys have the ringtones for different people back in the day before we got to Apple and then you had different (laughs) ringtones for different people so you knew who was calling? And that might still be true, but the songs as ringtones, that's what I wish we still had in society today. Yeah, uh, I was a ringtone guy, obviously, man. I I know a lot of artists love that too because they would make a killing. Remember, that was like the thing before TikTok and all those other social media sites. It was your ringtones. How many ringtones are you selling (laughs) on top of your album sales? Uh, I definitely was a ringtone guy, and then I even went as far as to have, I think this was when I was in college, I had where you could have the ringtone where people could hear the song when they called you. The ring back tone. Yeah, ring back tone. So I had those as well, so uh, I definitely did. I didn't have, uh, I had like one general one, and then only specific people had different ringtones. Well, how much, were they were like, what? Most of them, they'd be about 99 cents. Yeah, they weren't much. I remember spending, I, I had Dear Mama for when mom called. Me too. So, no, 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 not Dear Mama. I had the, the boys to men song to mama. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had, so I had Tupac playing anytime mom called. I'm trying to think of what else I had. I, I had a couple of songs that I would have, but I never spent too much money. So only had a few in the rotation. Did you but, have a ring back? I never had a ring back. Didn't care enough about it. Mm. If you're going to call me, you can just listen to the normal dial. Oh, and I remember, uh, 
<laughs> you would put the song on your answering service. You'd have it playing in the background while you said your message. <laughs> See, that was a little before me. That was so. This is a different yeah. era because I was definitely a part of the ringtone era, mm-hmm. but. We only see this really in like sitcoms and movies of the 90s where at least, Fiddy, I think you and I are in the same boat here, where you'll see some of those characters on the movies and the sitcoms. They'll record the outgoing message for voicemail, but that was never a thing for us. Yeah. Because you like getting your own phone line, I guess, was a big thing as a kid. I'm, this is foreign to me. Yeah, it was. But getting your own phone line, mm-hmm. having the phone in your room, like I barely survived that era or like was in that era. I was like barely had the phone in my own room, but then we just graduated to cell phones and that was it. Yeah, I got I got to be able to use recruiting as an excuse to have a line in my room. I was like, man, we need, you know, I need a line in my room so then they can call me direct. But it was really just like I could talk to my girlfriend and stuff. Of like course, that. Yeah. yeah, and she had to know, man. She had to know. That's she, all it was. Yeah, cause she and she didn't fall for it, right? Like she probably said, okay, whatever you needed for, but maybe you were just old enough to go ahead and have. Yeah, your you know, own you phone go to line. bed and I had the door closed and you could be, you know, under the covers with, with the phone and talking all loaded and you hear somebody coming. Like, oh, yeah, I gotta go. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. So Sorry, I'll call you later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Fiddy, did you have a ringtone at all that you would uh, put out there for a different people or just a general one? No, I didn't get a phone till I was a freshman in high school. So like it was that was kind of already kind of out of the uh, the game. I have them now, though. Like for all the UNC fans that I have in my phone, the UNC fight song is their phone or their 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 text noise. For my dad, it's uh. A knockoff version of someone saying, how about them Cowboys? Okay. Um, so, you know, I, I do it for certain people now. I um, feel like you can't do real music anymore as a ringtone, right? Um, I've never yeah, tried. I, the ringtones Recently? isn't really a thing like that anymore. I didn't think so. I, I like a couple people writing in. Todd from Denver says, ring back tones, where the ringing sound was actually a song. Yeah, a lot of people had that. I know still people that... Just had that their whole entire time. So even when it wasn't as prevalent, you'd still have some friends that just held on to it from their high school days. That would happen for me. I like Tar Heel Tony. <laughs> Tony said, I had sipping on some scissor as my ringtone. That's a hard ringtone, man. I Any- think I think you can still purchase them though on Apple and stuff like that. You can purchase songs as ringtones. You can. It's like it's like a dollar ninety nine now. Yeah. I guess is it just not cool enough? I figured music would just be something that is everlasting. Yeah, I don't think anybody does. I don't I haven't heard it anymore. All right. Maybe we can explore with that. That'd be funny. Maybe I just have the Weston Walker theme as my ringtone. Boom. You should get uh your son up on it, Wes, as part of his Riz. It's true. He'd be the he would tell guy. me none of the kids do it. He'd be like, Dad, the, the kids, we don't we don't want any ringtones. I, I would think that'd be cool. See, that's something that, that is a trend that could come back. Yeah. It could. I, I was just thinking that. Very easy to see. NBA young boy as a ringtone. I'm sure the kids would be all over that. Yeah, they would. They would. He'd be the Riz God, if you will. Because they don't market it like that anymore either. Like back in the day, they marketed the ringtones. Like they would put yeah. the price and they would put that. And you would have ringtone services that would get advertised during the video show. Yeah, it's funny. 252 wrote in like a message like that. Text 288383 for the Whisper song. (laughs) That's a good. 838383. It felt like we would get those a lot. Mm -hmm. All right, you can text in with what ringtone you had because I would be very interested in what song it was that would go off when somebody would call you. Let's go to the Panthers' position preview, and let's talk about the interior defensive line. It all starts with one guy, Wes. That guy is Derek Brown, who was absolutely amazing last year. And he was great the year before. 
to me, he's the guy that you have to take care of contractually, extension. Don't know. I just want him to be secured. I don't want to do this Brian Burns thing where we have to question, is he going to be here long term? Do we have to figure out a way to help Bryce Young? No, nah, man. I like You draft Brian Burns, you hit. If you trade him, fine. Sometimes you fall in these situations. But if you trade two of the best players that you've had in what has largely been a very disappointing tenure for David Tepper, not even largely, just flat out been a disappointing tenure for Scott Fitterer, guys making these decisions, of course, all under David Tepper's ownership. The fact that you hit on a couple of pieces and then you have to trade them or they leave, I hate seeing homegrown talent leave. Because it paints a bad picture of, hey, if we hit on them, they're just going to leave and go contend somewhere else. And we don't take care of our own. And I hate that reputation. Keep Derek Brown as much as you possibly can. He is the biggest thing that went right last year in a different defensive scheme. No, nah, no question about it. And playing out there, you know, that defensive end spot in that 34, because, you know, when you go further in depth and look at that interior, yeah, they need to find some help there because the run defense reflected that. If there was one flaw uh, on this defense, you would look at them as a team that you could run the football on, and that's what a lot of teams uh, chose to do with the Carolina Panthers. And so, when you know, when you look at this rush defense, Defense and what they did this season in opponent rushing yards per game, the Panthers were down there near the bottom. They were 23rd. And so you look at those guys, you know, in the middle of that defense at that nose tackle spot, shot Tuttle. I mean, barely anybody knew that he was on the team this year because the production uh, just wasn't there. And so I think, you know, with the fact that the whole defensive staff is back intact, that means that the 34 defense is going to be back intact for the Carolina Panthers. And so I think one of the other things, and I think one of the more underrated needs that they need to find, because when you looked at what Shai Tuttle was able to do, you know, he had 43 combined tackles, a half a sack tackle for loss. Okay, fine, because we know the main responsibility of a D tackle. I mean, a nose guard in that 34 is to be a space eater. That's what you want. Make everybody else's job easier. You maintain your leverage on the line of scrimmage and take up blockers. And so I think that the Panthers would do themselves a service. They don't need to spend a premium draft selection uh, on a nose tackle, but I think it would um, be in their best interest to be able to go out and find them a guy that's going to be a space eater in the middle of that defense and able to give you just enough pass rush to be able to collapse the pocket to a degree uh, on a regular basis. Uh, and, I, and I think that's one thing that the Panthers will have to put on their shopping list. It's not high priority, but I would put it at, you know, like a, a middle of the pack because every 34 defense has a big-time nose guard. Yeah. A I, really I, great ones, that I should say. Yeah, I, I also wonder, too, and I get the odd man front thing there, but I also wonder going the exact opposite and seeing how productive you can be from a pass rushing standpoint. So if you just allow Derek Brown to be that dude who is maybe not your typical 360 pound guy at nose tackle, but he's still really strong and is a great run defender. One of the best in the entire NFL. If you just allow him to continue to eat up double teams and eat up blockers, and then you get a real fast and shifty defensive lineman as well, put alongside him. I know it's not, I know it's not odd man, but also we know that you can line up in just a four man front too. And so if you have that, that defensive tackle, that is more of a pass rusher when you have four guys out there and I would love to see if they can get, can get free with Derek Brown providing some pass rush too. Mm -hmm. But then you just put a fast guy like Cansey style uh, from Tampa Bay and you have that mix of Vita Vea 
and Kalijah Kansi, where Vea will eat up all of the double teams, but Kansi can just pin his ear backs and go from the interior. Yeah. I wonder if that would be something the Panthers could experiment with, too. But really, you're right, Wes. Like, we can spend some money there. It would be nice. That would be a luxury. But it's clearly far enough down on the list where you should be taking care of other positions first in free agency. Yeah, because also, too, you know, when you do want to go to those four-man lines, you know, I've always said Derek Brown is best served as a three technique, and so you still, you know, want to find a guy that's going to be able to make a little bit of noise at that nose guard spot because that's still a, a position in, in a four-man front as well. And so I think, you know, interior, it just depends. You know, if you want to go off of the 3-4 the, the base, then, yeah, the interior definitely needs some retooling. Then if you go to a four-man front, then, yeah, uh, you know, it would be interesting to see how they would do that at this point, you know, how they would do it. Because if you have YGM and then with Burns and then you slide Derek Brown down inside with a shot total, uh, then I think that, you know, again, that's a position that you can afford to try to find some help at, but not overexerting yourself. You know what would be interesting to me? I don't know if you would do it. You're, you're, you need to create so much cap space. You know what player I'm going to go with? You're shaking your head. We've uh, talked about no, it a little I don't, bit I don't before. Know player. Javon Kinlaw. So oh, yeah. If you, if you go off of his projection, according to Pro Football Focus, Spot Rack, whatever you want to roll with, it's going to be at least by those measures – a year, two years, somewhere around five to six million dollars annually. Okay, so if you wanted to just shore up what you have on the defensive line, maybe you don't even spend big at edge rusher, which is it certainly a team need. But what if you just didn't spend big at edge rusher? You bring in Kinlaw alongside Derek Brown, who's starting to show more promise. He had the freak athletic prototype coming out of college, probably relied on it a little too much coming out of college, and then flashed in the Super Bowl. Like, made some plays. Yeah. Not a great run defender, but that's exactly what I'm rolling with, right? If you're going to try to get some real help alongside Derek Brown, then you're not going to be able to get the complete package here, especially at the price point you're looking to go shopping. So if you get Kinlaw, who had a 70.3 pass rush grade, fine. Like, I'm I'm cool with that. And then you put him along, alongside Derek Brown. That could be interesting. And there were people... I. I kind of liked Ken Law a little better than Derek Brown because of the pass rushing instincts uh, at the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. Way wrong on it. But you bring Ken Law back, that might be interesting. Bring him on home here to the Carolinas. He could be a good uh, value and depth piece. I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, he has a career high in sacks. And as you said, the run defense, which that's something that I'm sure the Panthers defense and I'm sure Ejiro Evero wants to shore up uh, this season. And so that would give you a little bit of cause to pause. But yeah. I think at the price point that you could get him at, he could be a nice depth piece uh, and then be a defensive end and at 34 or come down uh, inside and play in a 43 uh, as well. He's got the size of 6'5", 319. Uh, you know, he seems to have a passion to play this game. He's bounced back from a lot of adversity since the beginning of his career. It has not gone the way I'm sure that he wanted it to. But I think this would be a guy that could be a, a, a nice signing for some depth. And make some plays for you. So if you look at the other interior defensive linemen here, Wes, uh, is there anybody that you like in particularly? Uh, Shy Tuttle didn't have a great year. Deshaun Williams, same thing. They both kind of graded in the lower realms on run and pass rush defense. I think if you go to Nick Thurman, there were some decent spots there. Even a Raquan Williams, I think we got to see him. How many games it felt like he flashed every once in a while. I'm trying to remember Raquan. Maybe I'm thinking about the wrong guy. Either way, was there any other interior defensive line? 
linemen that stuck out to you, or was it the Derrick Brown show and everybody else was real quiet? Yeah, I mean, to me, on on that defensive line, I mean, you got you got okay performances from the rest of those guys, but not quite. You know, not that you expected any of them to come in and be double-digit sack guys or do anything like that, but again, at the end of the day, you know, the run defense, 23rd in all of the league, so that tells you that something needs to change down there uh, in that front seven. So, yeah, I would agree with you as far as on the defensive lineman from a pure position standpoint. You know, it was Derrick Brown and a bunch of guys. You can hear Wes and Walker live and local every weekday afternoon from noon to 3. Sit tight and stay locked because Instant Replay continues next. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Radio 92.7 WFNZ emanating live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them at East Independence Boulevard or online at planetkianc.com. It's a 5 o'clock hour on a Friday. Uh, We got Pops back in 45 minutes. My dad makes his triumphant return to the show. Why? Well, because racing's back. Daytona 500 on Sunday. He's got your racing pick. He'll give you some college basketball picks. Uh, the Bailey bets vis-a-vis, I'm sorry, the base, the Bailey bets via dad are back in 45 minutes. So um, it's also time to welcome back to the show. Long time. Charlotte sports uh, columnist, reporter, TV guy. I think he's done it all since he's been here. <laughs> WBTV yeah. sports anchor, sports director, uh, the great and powerful Nate Wimberly back in studio. What's up, buddy? I'm good. I've wrote. A, I've written a couple of columns. So, yeah, I'm a columnist, too. I, I figured you had. <laughs> I kind of figured I had to you do everything. Hey, you want to get this place jumping? Like, the, the, you ready to do this? Let's real do quick? it. Let's so, do it. there's a few things I want to talk to you about. We're going to start with the Hornets, but um, Coach Cherry, who is one of our favorite listeners here on the show, mm-hmm. one of our favorite station listeners, um, when, when he he does good content on the interwebs to him. When he does something good, he'll tag me in it okay. on Instagram. Okay. And I've sent people to my Instagram account already, so I'm going to play it for you on the air. But if you want to listen to it after the fact. Or watch the man in action. It's on my Instagram story right now at Kyle Bailey Club. It's at Kyle Bailey C L U B. This is Coach Cherry with the hypnotized beat underneath him. Okay. Rapping about your Charlotte Hornets. Check this out. It goes hard, man. Okay. Okay. Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, look at what we have here. It's the new look Charlotte Hornets. Y'all see the performance. Going three and no out the gate into the break. Somebody give me some floor seats for PJ. Brandon Miller, my rookie of the year. All-star game for sure by next year. Miles Bridges said no trade. I ball out. 21-7 a game. He balling out. Nick Bridges doing his thing with Cody Martin. Both coming through in the clutch. I beg your pardon. Have you not watched and seen the new additions? Five new acts in town like new additions. 6-10 shooting the three. Darby's return. Gotta guard him to infinity and beyond. Cecilia Meese is so calm. Dissects the defense. And Trey Mann wiggles with either hand. Can shoot it from downtown. Can't forget to mention the boys are back in town. Seth Curry and Grant Williams, I coached against them. Both been gone too long. Y'all know we missed them. Helped us win three in a row to end a mission. Just wait till we get LaMelo and Mark Williams. Nick Smith Jr., Thor, Amari Bailey, Bryce McGowan, Mensa, and Leakey. 
daily walk on their game and stay ready. Anytime their name is called, they stay ready. Anytime they play in the hive, gotta support it. City of Charlotte, your new look Hornets. What? What? Yep. City of Charlotte, your new look Hornets. What do you think about that, Nate Wembley? That's, that's nice, man. It? That is nice. That is nice. Um, <laughs> look at what one move has done <laughs> to this whole sports city of Charlotte, the Queen City, Buzz City, man. Come on with it, man. You got to love it, right? Oh, man, that was fantastic. That I was fantastic. It was Dwayne Cherry. You know Dwayne Cherry, don't you? Yeah. I think he played former, yeah, former head coach at where? Charlotte's Country Day, I believe. Not I'm not sure. mistaken. Hey, I, I think he's at Mallard Creek now as an assistant, if I'm not okay. mistaken. But uh, Coach Cherry, basketball coach turned rapper. Gotcha. And a pretty damn good one. That was, that was sweet. But that was your, sweet. But to your point, like, that got people. I mean, the, one trade, three straight wins. One. And one everybody's draft. fired up, like, like Actually, we're making a playoff was, run. It was two, but one day, and everything. Oh, my goodness. This is ridiculous, man. But uh, maybe they've just been sitting on this. I mean, like, why? why, why I said it last week. They've been they we they they said they kept saying we're gonna draft, we're gonna draft, we're gonna. You drafted well. You you got all this talent, but what else are you gonna do with it? And, and now these uh, Plotkin and Schnall have come in and said, yeah, we're gonna do something with this. We're gonna turn this thing around. And kudos to them for making the move, um, and 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 at least getting this thing moving forward. I don't know how long it's gonna last, uh, but this show enough feels good after the, after the Hornets and and the start after the Panthers and the start of this. Home, this feels good. This is three games. Man, this feels good. But you know what? I, I got to be honest, though. Last week, you had an epic rant. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Mm-hmm. But you did embolden the anti-Lamelo ball crowd a little bit last week, right? I, that's good. You think so? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. You don't think they're being a little hard on him? Like that, Some people want to trade him right now. I said that. Not, not right now. Not right now. But I, I'll tell you what. When they start back next week, and he's probably going to be back next week yep. uh, against Utah, it's going to be interesting to see how this whole dynamic plays out because, you know, if it goes bad, if they start playing bad and you think they're, they're, they're irritated, let it, let it go, let it go left next week and see what happens then. Cause it's going to, this is a, it's going to be a very interesting start to the, to the second half of the season on Thursday when they go to the Jazz. I, I've, I've been sitting here wondering, like, you know, I guess best case scenario, LaMelo ball, Trey man, they, can they play together in the backcourt? What do you think? I mean, you look skeptical. They, they, they could. They could. Um, I don't know how this thing is going to work out. But, hey, look, try everything. At this point, doesn't hurt to try. No. Let's, let's take a look at it. What does it look like? Um, but let me, let me, let me, let me, uh, I heard y'all talking about Steve Clifford. And, uh-huh. and, yeah, sure, and, I was going to go next. I'm like, I think it's just time for a, a new move. Yeah. Even if, it, even if it goes great, it's just time for a new move. It, it's something. Thank it, Keep this train rolling of newness. Newness. Now, now it, you know, I mean, how many games they got left? And I think y'all were saying like 70%. Now, now, if he goes 90%, maybe. I mean, I'm setting the bar. I'm setting that bar really high. Let's not be prisoners of the moment. Y'all saw what this team was. So you want him to go 27-4 and four down the stretch? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the bar has got to be extremely high. And I do mean extremely high, folks. Because I do not want to get in those situations where we get back next year and it's like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Like, no. Okay. No, let's keep the ball See, rolling. And, and, and the thing is, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Because I thought, no matter how much I like and respect Cliff, mm-hmm. going going back to him at all exactly. in the first place was, oh, oh, 
Things went wrong to have to land here, right? <laughs> they went wrong. Right. So something went wrong where you land with the guy you just fired. Exactly. Kenny Atkinson is what went wrong exactly. in that case, right? Exactly. So I, I'm not going to argue with folks that yeah. want new. Yeah. I just, I, I know he's a much better coach than what we've seen this year. You and I both know that. Yes, absolutely. And I do hate it for him because all of a sudden he gets a, an influx of adults in the room. It's <laughs> like, oh, they look like a pro basketball team. That's, his, that's what this was supposed to look like the whole time. Maybe he can coach. Maybe, maybe he's not a bumble idiot after all <laughs> but we knew that we got nate wimberly in studio wbtv what you think of the super bowl on sunday uh it wasn't a great game at the start but it picked up and and and, and i keep telling and, and wes is always just the defense is like no the 49ers had the chance to beat those guys in the first half or get some space on them in the first half mm-hmm. and, and you gave them a pulse you gave them a pulse and you just let them hang around you let them hang around you're not going to do that with Patrick Mahomes to get away with that. And eventually, anybody could have saw this. I mean, like, Ray Charles could have saw this, and he blind and dead. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. And it, it, they just let him hang around. And lo and behold, there's that Mahomes magic. And it's like, well, you know, I'm surprised. Not. Come on now. No. Like, did you see the stat, by the way? He's 7-for-7 seven seven in those situations. <laughs> Fourth down, final minute. You know, need a score to, to go ahead. Trailing, but you need a score to go ahead. Brady's only 46% in his career. Breeze is 50%. Patrick Mahomes is 100%. Seven for seven. And those, I mean, he's just that good. That's who he is. Now, in the interest of time, let's go here. Because you mentioned our guy, Wes Bryant. Yeah. Uh, he and I were chatting about this yesterday. I, I don't know. I wasn't stunned because I had heard the rumblings. Mm. But Steve Wilkes out in San Francisco. You want to talk about a crappy run for that guy. I mean, fired after a year in San Francisco, didn't get the job here last year. I mean, screwed by Arizona. Arizona yeah. Uh, you know, had a good defense in Cleveland, but that go- that coach got fired when he was up there. So, I mean, I, I don't, I can't get it. I, you, I, I, I don't get it. All right, so tell me what you think then. I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't know if it's got anything to do with him suing the league. I, I just don't know. It's how can it just be this bad for him to, to be on the team or to be in, uh, in charge of a defense that went to the Super Bowl? Yeah. It didn't look good against Green Bay in the start. Didn't look good against Detroit in the start. But they still want. They made the adjustments. Yeah, Detroit was gashing them in the first half, running the ball. They made adjustments and shut them down in the second. I thought it was all about the ability to make adjustments and things of that nature. He did that stuff. He held Kansas City to three points in the first half. Like, come on, what, what, really? Two touchdowns and thirteen possessions. I'm, right. Oh, for, the, the team was fourth in defensive DVOA this year. Um, I mean, you can point to other things. They yeah. gave up 140, 49 yards a game rushing in the playoffs. That's yeah, not good. It's not. And I mean, Steve, when he took over the job last year, he did say, "Hey, I'm taking over the number one defense. There's only one direction that this defense can go now, and that's down." Yeah. Um. So that that's tough. There's no doubt about that. Isabum says Wilkes has it bad. Does he rub people the wrong way? I bring that up because Trey Boston, I, I saw WBTV was posting yeah. about this the other day. Trey Boston said the guy's got a target on mm-hmm. his back. He said, uh, not one player who's played for this man has had anything bad to say about him as a man, his coaching, nor his schemes. But, you know, is con- Trey's convinced that Wilkes has a target on his back. I kind of agree with that. I mean, it, it just looks that way. That That's the appearance of this whole thing. It's like, man, we've been around Steve Wilkes long enough to know. Just even for, we're not in the locker rooms and the meeting rooms with him, but we've been in press conferences with him. He's not, come on, he is not that dude that's going to rub people the wrong way. He, he He's a man about stuff. He's going, he's matter of factual. I mean, and that's why players love him. He's cutting. It's either this or that. You either get it done or you don't get it done. If we don't get it done, we're not going to be successful. He's not. He is just a straight lay, straightforward guy. He's not rubbing anybody wrong. Is and I agree with Trey. There's something to 
he's got a target on his back. Clearly, clearly. I just look. I understand that that fit is a thing in the NFL. Yes. I also think that fit is something that usually gets hashed out ahead of time when you're interviewing somebody, and well, you would think anyway. And and look, you get to the Super Bowl if if they win that game. He's still got a job. Yes. All right. So you, you don't even want to figure it out with him. And and now now they're going to what? Brandon Staley. <laughs> You're going to Brandon Staley. I mean, that's one of the you said one of the latest rumblings is that yeah, they're going to replace I, him with Brandon Staley. Yeah. That, Good that, luck with that. That really makes no sense. Good I, luck I with just that. cannot figure this out uh, at all. I'm no. with you. Did you uh, side note too here? I love this. I saw the the headline pop up this morning that there's at least one sports agency telling NFL draft prospects to skip the cognition exams. I saw that. Like the S two. Yeah. After what I mean, CJ Stroud, the year he just had, had to have put S2 cognition out of business. They're done. They're cooked. It's, it's a wrap. It is a wrap. How could you take him seriously ever again? You can't. You can't. And, oh, and we I, got the new improved version. This one will work better. And, and I, I'll no. raise my hand and say I was one of those guys last year that's like, hey, every team from every division in the or one team from every division in the NFL works with S2. Mm-hmm. They've been around a number of years. Um, you know, they have some. They have a lot of data now. And their claim was, hey, we can't guarantee you who's going to be great, but we can tell you who's going to be a bust. <laughs> that was their claim last year and so they said hey lots of guys scored high that haven't gone on to superstardom um so we can't tell you who's going to be the next patrick mahomes necessarily but we can take these test scores and if somebody bombs it we can tell you that that's not the guy well cj apparently bombed the test and look at him <laughs> that's so, so who's ever buying the s2 cognition test again? nobody Nobody. Yeah, their slogan. Yeah, that slogan was terrible. I mean, between the league scores last year in the first place, and and now all of that, it's it's not good for them moving it's, forward. It's it, not. And, and and I hope the Panthers didn't use that as one of their uh, prerequisites of not picking him. They did. Oh my god. <laughs> they absolutely factored oh, it in. Oh my god. They absolutely factored. One hundred percent. They factored in mm. the S two cognition test. There's no doubt about it. I, I for a fact. Yes, they they factored that in as part of the decision making. They had to. They did. And it's, oh, my God. All right. Well, what else you got going on this weekend? Well, we just did a a third edition of the point after we had Boomer from Chris Berman from ESPN on today. Blessed us with a with some 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 whoop and all that Did stuff he? today. So How yeah, was that? It, it was great. He was at it had a great conversation with him. We talked about the uh, Daytona 500 since your pops is, is coming in. Yeah, who you uh, like? You know what? I'm I'm going Chase Elliott to win the 500 and to win the championship in a bounce back year. What I'm talking about, and especially with Hendrick having this historic season. You know, I just think. Chase Elliott is going to be a man possessed. There's a lot of Chase Elliott slander at the end of last year. Yeah, I didn't appreciate it. Absolutely. I didn't absolutely. appreciate it. Well, I know you got to get on TV, yep. so we'll let you get out of here. You look good today. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you guys. There you go. Hey, yeah. you don't have to talk about the Hornets today, but now is the time. Now they get good and it's on the All-Star break. What the? <laughs> bleep it. That's the most Charlotte thing right there. Come on, man. You tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.